0: Galatians chapter 3, we're just going to lift one verse and then we'll speak on what the Lord is leading us to bring you this morning. Galatians chapter 3, remember the title of this short series is Six Glorious Galatian Gems, Six Glorious Galatian Gems. We've already looked at the points or the subtitles that we have gave for every gem. The first one was, do not live for the approval of others. And it came from Galatians 1 and verse 10. Paul says, for do I now persuade men or God or do I seek to please men? And it wasn't about being, uh, it wasn't about being uh, friendly with people Paul's speaking about and going against everyone. That's not what it means. He was saying, I will not. Suffer the gospel uh, to be defamed. I will not take the word of Christ and suffer it to be watered down to please others who know not Christ. That's the idea of it. The second part that we looked at then last week and it was from Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. For I am crucified with Christ, Paul says. Nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life that I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me. Gave himself for me. And the subtitle of that was, You are not defined by your past. You are not defined by your past. If you're saved... You are washed in the blood. You're cleansed and you're covered. You're clothed in righteousness. Your past does not define you. And even things that happened in your past cannot define you. Don't allow it to define you. So you're not defined by your past. This morning, Galatians 3 verse 27. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Here's your subtitle for this morning. Your worth is in Christ. Your worth is in Christ. Let's read the verse again. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So sister, brother, since you're in Christ, your worth is not in anything else. And since you're in Christ, your position, your worth is not in that position. It's not in position in your job, society. Your worth isn't in position in church. It's not the worth of you. And your worth is in Christ. And because you are in Christ, your worth is not in what another says. Or else every one of us, to some people, would be worth less. (laughs) Isn't that true? So sometimes we allow ourselves to suffer mentally, emotionally, or spiritually, which can also damage us physically. (coughs) At The words that might be from others. Do not let another's words or thoughts about you or to you do not let them come and affect your thinking and your mood or your belief of who you are in Christ. Listen, they who say such callousness are trying to conform you to their image and they are trying to have the power over you. Now, if you are able to be, uh, you're able to, to be conformed or if you're able to deem your worth by someone else's moral standing and not in Christ. If you're allowing someone to deem your worth by what they think you should be, if you're allowing someone to deem you as unto your worthiness according to them, their heart, their will, their mind, their thoughts, then that control, if you allow that to happen, here's what happens, the potential is that every man and woman on planet earth can potentially control you. Because everyone could say something to change your worth and your thinking of it. Now this isn't arrogance I'm speaking about. And it's not um, to puff up minds. How do we deem our worth As Christian men and women. How do we deem our worth? Listen. I know. According to our flesh. We're dust. But I'm talking about our worth. People uh, commit suicide. Because they feel of no worth. And they realize. If they're not saved. They must realize that in Christ. They can find all the worth they need. He becomes their worth. So if we, you and I allowed people, listen, if I allowed everyone who said something to me, about me, or against me, to take my worth away, then potentially the whole earth, full of, what is it, six, seven billion people nearly, have the potential to do the same. Do you get what I'm saying? So your worth is not in anything else. But your worth is in Christ. Amen. Your worth is in the Lord Jesus. How do we measure our worth? Simple. Not by the words of man, but by the word of God. By the word of God. What does the word say? Now, someone may come and with the right heart and motive to try and tell you, "Look, I see, brother, I see, sister, this is wrong, or, or you're living wrong, or whatever. And according to the word, judge it. And if the word judges it to be wrong, then you must change not by their word, but by the word. By the word. Or else everyone has a potential to rule your life and to judge you when you are under the kingship of Christ. You're under the leadership and the head of the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's look at your worth this morning just for a few moments. And we'll maybe just do this one point this morning. In our glorious uh, Galatian gem number 3, in Galatians chapter 3, verse 27, for as many of you, so there's those who are worth as a human being, don't realize the value of their soul are outside of Christ, but there are the many who are in Christ. And there are also those who are in Christ don't know their worth in Christ. Does that make sense to you? Many, many Christians fail at these points. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Now the word baptized here, um, scholars sort of debate it a little. They think, does it mean baptized in water after conversion and so you're in the body? But many think it doesn't mean water in this occasion. What it means is you come in to a mystical, holy Divine union with Christ in the Spirit. It gives the idea, it's the same word baptizo meant for to baptize in water, but means to be baptized in the Spirit of Christ. Now notice this. It gives the idea of a vital union through the Holy Spirit. Let me give you a couple of examples here. It says, you have been baptized into Christ and have put on christ would you say put on, christ? put on christ would you say i have put on christ i have put on christ okay so what does it mean the put on christ Uh, I'll give you just some examples. In Matthew chapter 22, there's the man who has the great feast and he sends out for people to come to eat because he's killed the fatted calf and so on. And he says, tell them to come for all things are now ready. Speaking of the cross of Christ, speaking of the blood that was shed, he he said to you and I at one point, come to the cross, all things have been done, they're all ready. My son has shed his blood for you at Calvary. Everything's been paid. Now come into Christ. And in the same context, only in a parable, uh, the master tells it in Matthew 22. But then later, remember some reject him and he sends them out further afield and they come in. Well, that's a, a kingdom parable teaching. But there's a man in verse 11 who comes in without a wedding garment into the marriage feast. And the the. the The king who had the feast sees this man without a wedding garment on. And we're told in Matthew 22 and 11, he had not on a wedding garment. The term had not on is the same word put on, only it's in the negative. So he came undressed to the marriage feast. In other words, he tried to come another way. He tried to come at a late rejection of his invitation. He tried to come... And he wasn't even standing with an invitation to be invited. He thought at the last minute, I'll sneak in. And there's many people think that at the last minute, I'll say, Jesus, you're for me. Jesus, I've been in C-E-T. at rhymed a wee bit, didn't it? You're for me, I'm C-E-T. It'll mean nothing, brother. Absolutely nothing, sister. Friend, it'll mean nothing. It's in in Christ. You need your wedding garment on now. We sing it. Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? And so the, he had not on. It's the same word to put on Christ. It's the word endure. It means to endure. To be clothed. To be. Actually it gives you an idea to submerge and drop into something. It's like a big garment and the Lord drops you into it. And you're covered in this garment. So this man came without a garment to the wedding feast and he was cast out into outer darkness. It's too late. Too late. You know, you're never too young to be saved. You hear that, young people? You're never too young to be saved. And older people, you're never too old to be saved. But I'll tell you, you can be too late. (laughs) You can be too late. I remember one time, preaching at one of those open airs we spoke about uh, before we got around the word. And I remember I was standing at a place called Abbott's Cross and there was all these apartment blocks and shops all in below them and we're preaching away in a car park and this old man, barely able to walk, he walked along like this and he stopped dead and he turned and he looked at me. I don't even know if he could see me with his eyesight. We're quite a bit away. We preached on, we preached on. And these fellows were around. They were giving out tracks around with people around the shops. And this man says, he called my name. He called my name. And the man that was with us giving out the tracks saying, Who? He says, that man at that microphone, he called my name. I heard my name being called. He says, he didn't call your name. He's preaching the gospel. He says, I know. I heard the voice call my name. And the man was in his 90s. And he got saved on the spot. Lived a life without Christ and he was saved there. That man called my name. I didn't call his his name. He called his name. He called his name. Oh, how many times would God call our name? So the idea is that we are in Christ and know our worth that is in Christ. Let me give you another example. In Revelation 19, at the coming again of the Lord Jesus Christ, is a, he's pictured on the white horse or the great white charger, down his thigh, his name is the word of God. And we're told that in Revelation 19 and 14 that he and the company coming with him are clothed with fine linen White and clean. You know what it is? They're clothed in the righteousness of Christ. Clothed in the righteousness of Christ. You see, the word clothed is the same word as put on Christ. It's the same word uh, in, in duo, and it means they were endued with Christ. They were dropped, as it were, submerged. Baptized into Christ, they were engulfed with Christ, they were surrounded in Christ, He lived in them, and they lived in Him, and coming back, they're pictured on white with white robes on and they're coming with Christ again. I wonder I wonder sometimes when we think of this, do people realize uh, that when Christ returns, only those who are, as it were, dressed in white with the righteousness of Christ not in anything we can do do they realise that's what's going to be the test you see he looks for the blood and when he sees the blood of the lamb he notices the righteousness of his son not what you can do or what I can do. When I think of First Corinthians chapter 15. Read it when you go home. Powerful chapter about the second coming of Christ. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we which are alive and remain. As in 1 Thessalonians 4 then. And in 1 Corinthians 15 Paul tells it again. And he says that we will be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. But in First Corinthians 15 he says that this mortal. This mortal coil of mine. Well, will put on immortality. The word put on is endued with immortality. It's the same word. You put on Christ. You know what will happen? Should I die and go to the grave? or Or should I be alive when Christ returns? And you brother and you sister also. You know what's going to happen? You're going to be caught up. Some are going to be caught on. Some are going to be caught on. But you will be caught up. And when you're caught up and you're changed, you're putting on the new garment, you're putting on the the new body, this mortal shall. Be endued with immortality. We'll get a new body. Don't ask me to explain it. I know you can walk through walls in it because it's going to be like Christ, and He walked through walls. I know you're able to go through the heavens. I know there may be the planetary systems at one point after the Great Millennial Reign. There's be a new heavens and new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. And I know that we'll be somewhere. We might be on Earth. I believe we'll be on Earth initially, but when the new heavens and new earth comes, sure, I don't know. We could be on any planet somewhere else. Throughout all these galaxies. Listen, see this old galaxy you're trying to find little specks of life. See when the Lord changes it's going to be brimming over with life. It's going to be full of life. He's going to say to some you have been faithful over a few things. Now you be over in charge of it means many others. so when we put on immortality this mortal shall put on immortality this corruptible this body will put on this corruptible shall be on incorruption you're going to have a body that won't Jesus was able to eat walk through walls yet go through space (laughs) don't ask me to explain that don't ask me to understand that but I believe it I believe it I believe. And you and I, who are saved, we have put on Christ. Here's your worth. It's not in us. It's in him. Everything we are. Everything your heavenly Father looks at you is through the visible medium of his Son. Let's just look a little bit more here. For example, in Romans 13 and 14, listen to what Paul says. Put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make not provision for the flesh to fulfil the lust thereof. Now let's not pretend we're all holy this morning, okay? Let's pretend. Let's not pretend that we're all so good and everybody's so wrong, and I'm so I'm so righteous. Listen, see, and I'm looking at everyone. Do you know what I see? A lot of lovely people. <laughs> I talk about me, talk about all of us. Know what I see? Corruptible bodies that are dying. It doesn't matter how much we try and dress it up in the suit. It doesn't matter how much we try and uh, even paint the face to try and hide it. Botox doesn't change it. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's the, the beautiful uh, uh, um, people of life that are you know, the beach body beautiful. Look at me and I'm gorgeous and the models and all this sort of stuff. You know what? They're dying. They're bodies of death. But Christ is going to give us life. And there's times in our own flesh we can be angry at some times when we shouldn't be angry. We can speak with our mouth things that we should never have said at the time when we should never have said it. We could write letters or send out emails or whatever and say things in them that we know we shouldn't have said. No, why? Because we have lived in the old flesh. In the old person. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. See, every time you go to think of something and even if someone's hurt you, offended you, annoyed you, or done whatever to you, listen, brother, sister, see before you do something, step back, stop. And put on, as it were, the Lord Jesus Christ. Make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. And that's the lust of sexual lust too. Because every one of us has the struggle the flesh I tell you something I struggled with the flesh last night we're always struggling with the flesh but in particular last night I had to step back and put on the Lord Jesus Christ because of something that happened late last night I got angry a man approached my daughter and some of her friends and swore them up and down, threatened to kill them in our village. And she came in so annoyed and upset. My flesh rose up. Where is he? Who is it? Where is he? I dare he. Spirit of God, can stand back, son. Sorry, Lord. Put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make that provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. You've got to say something to someone and maybe they deserve it. Maybe they deserve it. Don't. Lord, help me. Who's been there? Half are telling the truth nor half are just lamb. <laughs> everything, everything of the flesh. In 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 7, there's a little line I'll just lift out and you can read all these when you go home. Notice what Peter says, unto you therefore which believe. He is precious. Now, and the thing is, he is precious to us. I mean, he's our heart's desire, he's everything we love. Isn't that true? If you're a believer, we were singing about that this morning. It was so evident in our midst that we love him. He's precious to us. He's our life. Christ who is our life shall appear, Paul says. So Christ must be that precious to us that he is our life. Living for Christ, Christ living in us and living through us. We must have Christ to be so precious that nothing else will take his place and he is enthroned in our heart. But now in saying that, unto you therefore which believe he is precious, in the original Greek text, that's not the idea of what it means. Let me take a reading from G. Campbell Morgan on this and I'll explain it to you in a moment. Unto you, therefore, which believe he, the Lord Jesus, he is precious. G. Campbell Morgan, I quote, says, The declaration is not that believers know the preciousness of Christ. It is rather they share it. They share it. The qualities of Christ that create his preciousness, his honor, are placed at the disposal of the believer. Let me tell you what it means in a nutshell. When you are in Christ, when you have put on the Lord Jesus Christ, the preciousness of the Son of God before his Father, how precious. This is my beloved Son Now, the word beloved and son is agapatas or agape is where we get that word from. Agapitas, son is huis. Growing up, adult, son. Gives the idea that Jesus knew exactly who he was in relation to his father. Exactly who he was in relation to his father. He knew it. Gives the idea of someone who holds title deeds and then understands what their title deeds can do. Agapetus, or agape love is this it's a love that is called out of the heart according to the preciousness of the object that is loved. I'll say it one more time. Agape love is a love that is called out of the heart according to the preciousness of the object. That is loved. So in eternity, your father loved you. He chose, he set his love upon you and you call the love out of your father's heart. That's your worth because when he loves his son, as he loves his son, the preciousness of his Son to the Father, as we are in Christ, put ye on, as we are, as it were, submerged and baptized in the Spirit, in Jesus, as believers, born again, as we are washed in the blood, trusting in him, engulfed and surrounded by Jesus, him in us and we in him. It gives the idea that the preciousness of Jesus is given to you. And as the father looks at Jesus, his son, this is my beloved son, my agavitas, this is my son who knows our filial love as father and son. This is my son who calls the love out of my heart. The son of God called the love out of the father's heart. And the Father sent him to the cross. What for? To die for a wretch like you. And he raised him from the dead. And he said, send it into glory. And you know what? He's done it. Why? He's done it. That wretches like you and like me can be brought into him. And when we're clothed in white, right this moment, You're white before your father in the blood of Jesus. You're white before your father. You're righteous before God. You're clothed. You've put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And the father looks at you through, as it were, the magnifying glass of the son of God. He says, Father, I died for him. I died for her. And when he sees me through Christ, he doesn't see me. He sees him and all that he's done. And so he loves me the same way he loves his only begotten son. Isn't that powerful? Your worth is not in the world. Your worth is not in men, ladies. In women. Your worth is not in the sin of the world. People become worthless in their own thoughts because of how the the world has treated them. People become worthless in their own hearts and minds because they think there's nothing else for them. Listen, for God so loved the world, that's you, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And listen, if you want to bring it even closer still to you, if you want to bring it right down into your own personal self, he's the Son of God who loved you. Forget the person beside you, he loves you, and he gave himself for you. And if you want to bring it in again, for what shall it profit a man if he should gain the. What is it? You see, that's our worth. You see, that's what people think the worth is the world, the riches, the pleasures, the purposes, the plans of men and the world. That's not your worth. Your worth isn't in the house and the job and the cars. Listen, and I'm speaking honestly. And the Lord's heard me. Said I'd rather live in a small hovel or a tent and have Christ and the riches of His Spirit than live in a mansion and have nothing of Christ at all. Right. I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather have Jesus than riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than houses or lands. I'd rather be led by his nail-scarred hands than to be the king of a vast domain or be held in sin's death's way. I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world affords today. That's your worth. What shall it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Listen, or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? You know what that tells me? Your worth isn't in the world, you're worth more than that. The world could not redeem you, the riches. The oil, the gold, everything that the one-worlders are fighting over and fighting for and their plans and their purpose could not be thwarted by the Spirit of the living God. For he says, you're loved, you're bought, you're redeemed, you're washed, and you are clothed, you've put on Christ. The world can't afford you, brother. The world can't afford you, sister. You know what that tells me? That your soul, maybe someone will watch this or listen to this. Maybe they're feeling suicidal and worthless. I want to tell you, you're worth more than the whole world. If someone's watching this or listening to this and their mind's telling them, you might as well finish it. You might as well go and commit suicide. You've nothing else to live for. I want to tell you, you're worth more than this whole world. You're deeply loved. You're eternally loved. And hear the word of your Father. Come to the cross, washed in the blood. He'll give you abundance of life and walk in his grace. And he'll, he'll show you your worth is in Christ. May God bless his word to us this morning.